This is the Black and Blue Report, straight from the source. No appointment radio, wherever, whenever. Now, from Studio B, or from wherever the Saints or Pelicans might be, here's Sean Kelly. Here we go. It's the podcast for Saints and Pelicans fans. The Black and Blue Report is ready to go on this Wednesday. Greetings from Studio B. I feel like I haven't been in here in a while. Um, Right here on Airline Drive at the headquarters for the Saints and the Pelicans. Actually, we've been all over. We've been in Detroit and Washington, D.C. and the Smoothie King Center studios. But back here on this Tuesday uh, with Daniel Salerson uh, producing. And uh, two of my favorites on the show today. John DeShazer from NewOrleansSaints.com. And David Wesley too. John's with us because the NFL scouting or the NFL combine, rather, uh, the scouting combine, uh, begins in earnest today up in Indianapolis. He is on the ground there to cover it all uh, and uh, deliver some great content for NewOrleansSaints.com. We'll get a bit of a combine preview from him on the Black and Blue Report today. Uh, he was able to get out of New Orleans yesterday, right before all the nasty weather hit. Uh, so we're thankful for that, and uh, we're also thankful to have David Wesley back safe and sound from. Washington, D.C., the Pelicans split their road trip going 1-1. One and one. Of course, as you know, they won Sunday against Detroit but lost last night to the Wizards, 109-89. It's a three-point game at halftime and then obviously a loss by 20. And uh, Anthony Davis only had nine shots in the game, ended up with nine points and a minus 20 on his plus-minus. It just was such a severe drop-off from Sunday. It's, uh, it's worthy of discussion with David Wesley and from head coach Alvin Gentry, too, here in just a moment. Uh, later on this week, David Aldridge from TNT and NBA.com. We're looking forward to that. I think Greg Anthony will be along tomorrow to help us preview tomorrow night's nationally televised Pelicans Thunder game. Uh, so good stuff still to come this week. All right, as we mentioned, the Pelicans lose last night. Uh, this was head coach Alvin Gentry right outside of his office following the ball game. Coach, your thoughts on the on the on the loss tonight? Well, I, I just we never really kind of got a rhythm going and. Uh, you know, we were able to stay in the game. Uh, I guess the disappointing thing about it was the, uh, you know, in the first half, uh, all we talked about really before we came out was the uh, transition offense. These guys are really good at it. And uh, uh, we let them get out of the box. You know, they had 18 points in transition the first half. And we held them to 12 points the whole game at our place. So, uh, John Wall, you get him in the open court. And then not only is he making plays for himself, but he's making plays for other people. Um, it, we didn't do a very good job in that department. And then the third quarter, we just kind of let the game get away. A um, couple of turnovers here and there, and then they followed that up with three-point shots. And, uh, you know, from there, they had the separation, and we just couldn't – couldn't. We, we just never really got in a rhythm. And part of it was us, and then uh, part of it with that, I thought they did a good job defensively. Coach, how much did Anthony Davis's totals tonight play into the into the game itself? And are there are there anything that – are there any reasons you could put your finger on as to why maybe his either his shot totals or his points were maybe lower than expected? Well, no, they did a great job on him. You know, they weren't. You know, you got to get 59. I guarantee you, game you game plan for him the next game. And you know, they they fronted him in the post, and then they bought a guy from the uh, weak side to play behind him. So uh, he, they had a guy playing behind him and in front of him the entire game. And uh, we had to have other guys step up and make shots, and we just didn't shoot the ball very good. They game plan for AD like that. How do you get him open? How do you get him shots? Does he just have to play through that? Well, I, I think what we have to do is that we still try to uh, got to create space, but he has to be a facilitator more than anything. 
And if we're getting easy basket after easy basket, then we have to make them adjust. We never really got to that point uh, where we made them adjust. They, uh, you know, they they were going to make other guys beat them, which makes total sense. So uh, in that case right there, we've got to be, uh, we've got to find open guys, and they've got to step up. They got to step up and make shots. How tough does Walls defend when he's got that going like he was tonight? Well, I mean, he's got that going every night. I mean, he doesn't shoot it, as, you know, he didn't shoot it well every night, but he's, he's always a huge factor because uh, uh, the transition offense alone and, and, and what he creates when he's in the open court uh, is so beneficial. A guy like uh, Jared Dudley, who, you know, I had and coached, I mean, he's a huge, you know, he's a huge benefactor of the fact that, you know, you have to try to get back and contain wall and that creates uh, – open shots for guys, and if uh, J.D. has his feet set and shooting, you know, threes, he's going to be pretty good. Tried calling those two timeouts early in the third, Coach. Was that just trying to shake up the tempo, or was there something in particular that your team needed to do better out of the halftime locker room? Well, I just, no, I, I took the timeouts because what we tried to do is that we tried, this team is very good at, at, at you know, they go on runs, you know, and uh, we just tried to stop the runs and try to uh, stop the bleeding and, uh, try to find a way to get an easy basket to maybe stop all of it, and we just, you know, we never, we were never, we were never, we were never able to, uh, you know, just get the game back under control. All right, of course, more from Alvin Gentry tomorrow night. The Alvin Gentry Show will be on the radio uh, locally in New Orleans on 99.5 WRNO FM. That's going to be a six o'clock airing tomorrow night, uh, leading up to Pelicans warm up at 6:30. And then uh, game time coverage against the Thunder starting at 7 o'clock. There are some tickets available. Um, they're limited. Uh, they've got a good opponent coming in, so it should be a good matchup. And so, therefore, you might want to hustle up something at pelicans.com uh, or, of course, uh, through the NBA Ticket Exchange. You can also pick up the phone today as well, 504-525-POOP. We'll take a quick break, and then it's off to Indianapolis. NFL Scouting Combine Talk with John DeShazer. How much do you want to lose this year? 5, 10, 15 pounds? It's time to set your goal and go for it with the Smoothie King Change a Meal Challenge. Just change one meal a day with one of 20 delicious meal replacement smoothies, all under 400 calories per 20-ounce serving, and see how much you can lose. With flavors like pineapple mango, almond mocha, and more, it's easier than ever to reach for your goals. Take the Change a Meal Challenge, only at Smoothie King. Smoothies with a purpose. Weight loss is based on a low-calorie diet and exercise program. Consult your physician before beginning any diet program. Join your New Orleans Pelicans on Thursday, February 25th at 7 p.m. at the Smoothie King Center when your Pelicans tip off against All-Stars Kevin Durant, Russell Westbrook, and the Oklahoma City Thunder. Pelicans Fest starts at 5.30 with music, interactive games, and appearances by Pierre and the Pelicans Dance Team. Limited tickets are still available, so don't miss out on any of the action. And call 525-HOOP or visit pelicans.com to get your tickets today. Welcome back to the Black and Blue Report. Here's Sean Kelly and John DeShazer. All right, back here on the Black and Blue Report. We continue on this Wednesday, talk a little NFL combine. It really begins in earnest today up in Indianapolis. And on the ground for us is our own John DeShazer from NewOrleansSaints.com. John, how are you? Uh, doing great. Um, a little deteriorated weather here, but uh, certainly not what you guys have experienced back home. So hopefully everybody is safe and sound. Uh, and in one piece, families and homes and everything else. Uh, but, yeah, we got a little wind, a little rain, a little cold, but we're inside and we're great, and 
you got to look at some players at some point in time. Yeah, yeah. well said. There are some people really suffering today, uh, either with loss of uh, property and, and tragically even, even loss of life after yesterday's weather. It's a bit more calm here today uh, as compared to yesterday, that's for sure. Um, and I'm glad that you all were able to get out yesterday as uh, the weather was starting to deteriorate. And uh, you kind of hit the ground running today, don't you, John? Yeah, pretty much. I mean, the interview process begins today, and uh, and then the media availability begins today also. Now, this is the, the marquee group. We've got punters, kickers, uh, 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 long snappers, and offensive linemen and running backs today. So we do have a couple of marquee positions, running backs and offensive linemen. Um, but for the most part, the real marquee guys begin to, to do their interview with the media on Thursday and Friday. And uh, so those availabilities include the wide receivers and the quarterbacks and the defensive linemen and the linebackers, and those are the guys that, that really kind of make up the meat of this draft. But, you know, there, there's going to be some good guys to, to be interviewed today also. When you talk to coaches and executives, I mean, you talked to Jeff Vireland yesterday, what are they hoping to gain most out of the combine? What's most important to them? Well, I think Jeff Ireland said it best. I think what he was saying is basically, you know, you want to you want to get a feel for a guy through the interview process because there's not a lot you're going to get out of these guys. I mean, you know, there's a reason they call this pretty much the underwear Olympics. You get to measure guys. You get to see what they look like physically. Uh, you get to see them uh, participate in some drills, uh, several of which have nothing to do with their actual football skills on a Sunday. And so, you know, you don't want to base everything, you know, you see off of what happens at the combine. There are combined horror stories. Uh, Mike Mamula comes to mind. Andre Bruce comes to mind. And there are also pro day horror stories. Uh, Jamarcus Russell comes to mind. So there's not too much you want to base on what you see here in Indianapolis. And one of the things Jeff Ireland stressed was, you know, you've got game film on these guys. That's what you're really going to go by. You, you, you can't draft them based on what you do, what you hear in an interview process here at the combine. Because these interview combine, these interviews at the combine basically last about 15 minutes. So, you know, most of the time you spend, what, four or five minutes trying to get a guy to warm up and loosen up to mm-hmm. actually talk to you. And you can't get a, a plethora of information out of that. Now, some of these guys have already been spoken to at the Senior Bowl where, you know, it might have been a little bit more extensive. And you'll have more interviews forthcoming, you know, in the weeks ahead, you know, where the Saints will be able to bring the guys that they target into, you know, into the facility and interview in there. So those things are the ones that count in terms of the interview process because it goes so rapid fire here that you really is just getting a, a really a little face level feel for what a guy knows and what he might not know and what his personality is. And then you get a little bit more in depth as the weeks go along. But you know, the interview process, you don't want to put too much into it. That's what you get out of the combine more than anything. Because again, you'll get a guy's 40 yard dash, but if he doesn't like it 40 here, you know what he's going to do? He's going to run another 40 on his pro day. <laughs> or, you know, he might lift here. If he doesn't like the way he lives here, he's going to do it again at his pro day. Uh, Laquan Treadwell, the, run, the, the wide receiver from Mississippi, who's one of the top guys in the draft, said he's not even going to run here. He's probably going to wait till his pro day when everything is pristine and perfect. You know, so you don't you don't get a whole lot of the physical here. You just don't want to place too much emphasis on the interview and the mental. Yeah, good point. Um, when you think about the Saints and their needs and your conversations, what – what what uh, position groups, I guess, will have the most Saints eyeballs on them this week? Well, they're not showing the hand, obviously, because you know you know the Saints. You know they're not going to tell you a whole lot. But uh, you you would think with the uh, with the lack of pressure applied to quarterbacks, you know, you, I know they were looking for a rush in last year, a rush linebacker. I think they're still in the market for a rush guy. 
Uh, you can't ever have too many quality defensive tackles, although I know they like that rookie crop that they had last year, and especially the undrafted rookie. I think they like that crop, but you can never have too much quality depth there. Uh, certainly there's going to be, they're going to need some help at linebacker. Uh, releasing David Hawthorne and Ramon Humber, you know, relieves the Saints of two guys who were pretty critical to what they did, you know, sometimes in the base defense, sometimes in the sub-packages, and a lot of times on special teams. Those guys have to be replaced. And, of course, we know that the Saints need some help and some depth in the secondary. Um, you don't allow that many passing yards and that many you know, passing touchdowns and that kind of passer rating and believe that you don't have you don't have a need in the secondary. Now, a lot of that could be mitigated if you can get the proper rush on the passer. So, you know, do you go front to back? Do you go back to front? It really doesn't matter. I think the defensive side of the ball is where the Saints have to be looking. John, the so-called draft experts are crowing right now about the quality of this draft class, and especially in the defensive front seven. Um, are, are you getting that vibe in Indianapolis this morning? And uh, are there a lot of – are there you know, you've been to a couple of these now. Um, are there more marquee names or guys that you'll stick a microphone in front of today and uh, throughout the week than, than say, past years? Well, I, I think uh, the, the they they're really liking the defensive tackle position as much as anything. Uh, they think there are a lot of quality defensive tackles, and I mean, you know, those aren't marquee guys who are gonna you know produce you know nine sacks a game. You hope that they can be kind of you know dual threats and that they can get some pressure on the, on the quarterback and they can also plug up the run. You want them to play every down. I think you know from from what I understand, uh, that's where they believe the real depth is. You know, in this draft is along that defensive front, and then you got some guys who can rush the passer. Um, you know, we hope to get into into some guys. Uh, you know, again, the most of the defensive guys are going to begin begin interviewing uh, with the media on Thursday and Friday, and, and certainly some of the guys that we like to talk to. Uh, you know, LSU has a high rising linebacker uh, who seems to be you know working his way into maybe into the bottom of the first round. We interviewed him at the Senior Bowl, and I can't remember his name offhand. I'm sorry, uh, but, Alexander, uh, wasn't it? Yeah, 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 Alexander. He's working his way into uh, the first-round status, and, and he's a guy who didn't play a whole lot at LSU, but he seems to be really rising at the charts. And I think, uh, you know, if you ask any of these guys, if they're going to be honest with you, they really like this defensive tackle uh, class, and uh, certainly there seem to be some quality guys there. Will the Saints take one at 13? I don't know. But, you know, there will be a quality one there if that's where they choose to go. Mm-hmm. Um, John, give us a preview of what you're trying to put forth on NewOrleansSaints.com. You got a game plan yet? Yeah, we're going to um, try to interview some of these Ohio State guys, actually, and do an overall story on them because the Ohio State has 14 guys here at the combine, and that's you know that's almost unheard of to have that many people participating in this process and to be draft eligible. And probably all of those guys are going to be drafted. So hopefully, we'll get a chance to, to talk to them. And, and, and if we're fortunate, I think we'll be fortunate down the line. We'll actually have something that uh, Saints fans might like. We might get an, uh, a little bit, a little bit of a behind-the-scenes look uh, from from the Saints' perspective. Uh, and again, you know, we'll try to get up with the LSU guys, especially the guys who are rising up the chart. You know, Vidal Alexander. I, I think you know, now that I think about it, that's the guy we're thinking about. And yeah. he's an offensive lineman. He, he plays guard, and he's a guy who has worked his way into the front, into the uh, into the first first round. So, you know, there are some interesting stories that are here. Uh, they're already right now, as we speak, bringing in the kicker to be talked to. Now, the only thing about that is, you know, you don't think the Saints need a kicker. Well, you know what? They've gone through a few of them here these last couple of years, so they're not really settled at that position since Garrett Hartley uh, was was released. They kind of had a you know a bit of a turnstile there. So maybe one of these guys, if somebody the Saints could be looking at, 
and some of the later rounds. So there will be a lot of marquee guys to be spoken of, though, especially in the coming days when the defensive guys start bringing themselves to the podium. Yep. All right, we'll be checking in with you probably Friday. I'd like to get you back on Black and Blue Report, J.D. I hope that you have – I know it's a bit of a short week, but it's a full one, um, and I hope that you have a good time. Yeah, a ton of stuff happening here. Uh, you know, we're just going to kind of grind our way through because, you know, we're, you're in a process where – you don't necessarily know what the schedule is. You know they're going to bring a whole lot of guys. You don't know when they're going to bring them. So it's almost like a waiting game, you know. And we know, you know, you and I know a whole lot about the waiting game, right? <laughs> so you just got to wait for them to, to bring them in, and hopefully uh, they'll get around to the guys that you actually need to speak to. But it's a, it's a long process. It's a tedious process. And, and you can see how these coaches can be around for, for oodles and oodles of hours because there's so much evaluation going into it. John DeShazer at the NFL Combine in Indianapolis. J.D., thanks. Anytime, my friend. All-Star Electric is lighting up the future with the latest in LED lighting. All-Star Electric specializes in the installation and conversion of the newest LED lighting products. This lasting investment is virtually maintenance-free and offers significant savings on your next electricity bill. This is Tim Blanchard, president of All-Star Electric. Let us evaluate your building, parking lot, or home for an LED conversion because we know we can save you some money. The Harlem Globetrotters bring their 90th anniversary world tour to the Smoothie King Center for two shows Saturday, April 2nd. Witness some of the world's best athletes execute unbelievable feats of ball handling, trick shots, and comedy. It's the team's most epic tour in 90 years and a lifelong memory in the making. Score your tickets at Ticketmaster.com. And don't miss your chance to get in on the action at the Smoothie King Center, Saturday, April 2nd at 2 and 7 p.m. Guess what day it is. Hump day? Well, yeah, and it's Wesley Wednesday on the Black and Blue Report. We continue here on this Wednesday. It's now a Wesley Wednesday, officially, as David Wesley checks in with us. Just uh, fresh off of a road trip with the New Orleans Pelicans Audis. Good morning, David. Good morning. How are you doing this Wednesday? Well, I've had you and John DeShazer on today. I, I can't think of a better Wednesday here on the Black and Blue Report. Oh, sweet. Big yeah. JD. Big JD. At the NFL Combine, as he calls it, the Underwear Olympics. <laughs> Everybody walking around with no shirts on. <laughs> or schmediums and, and shorts yeah. and, and running and jumping and lifting and, yes, all that good yeah. stuff. Um, let me guess, your favorite part of the road trip was Anthony Davis's 59 points and 20 rebounds on Sunday. That had to be uh, the most fun. I, like I, I've said before, I've never been at a game where somebody scored that many points. So uh, either – for us or against us or while I was playing or, or watching. So that was amazing. And the fact that he came out scoring, he continued to score. Uh, we've seen guys get hot um, and then fade. Mm-hmm. He didn't fade. No. He, he kept going straight down to the end. He started out mostly inside, being aggressive, getting to the free throw line. Second half, bang, started knocking down jumpers from everywhere. It was amazing. Fun to watch. I asked him after the game, I said, "Have you? has there been a number in your head or a number that you'd someday like to score in a game? And he immediately said 50. He said, you know, 50 was always the number. You know, of course, he got 59. Um, but is, is 50 the number that most guys, I think, that play at that level would like to someday or possibly achieve? 
I think it depends on what your career high up until that point is. Uh, my my number was forty. I can't remember what the what the thing was, but uh, my dad said if I scored forty something, and I scored my career high was thirty seven on fourteen shots, mm-hmm. but I also scored thirty five several times. I remember one time. Uh, and I want to say it was against Utah, and I don't know why this game sticks out to me, but I had 35 and missed five free throws, which was not like me. So oh. it was – it was. I had 40 in my grips and, and a couple of times and, and let it go. Well, you had 35 in the game that Jamal Mashburn set the previous franchise record of 50. Um, so the two of you scored 85 of how many points that night? 85 of one the game went to overtime. I, I can't remember. Uh, but we also got maybe another 20 from somebody else. I mean, Jeez. it was it was it was three guys scoring most of the baskets. I think three guys scored all the baskets. It was something crazy like that. Some three guys, uh, maybe PJ Brown scored the other. 25 or something or 20 I don't remember but it was it was really weird and then somebody tweeted me the other night that it might have been Jerome Moiso if you remember that name wow. or the other four points or something like that I barely remember that name I mean I remember saying or hearing that name but I can't yeah. I couldn't put a face to it there's no way Yeah um, Yeah no he was he was something. when you were watching Anthony go go like he did on Sunday when and, and maybe there wasn't a moment, but was there a moment, perhaps, David, that you you went from saying, gosh, you guys are just having a great day, to all of a sudden the guy's having a historic day? Was there something that's, that snapped you into that moment? I think it was historic before I even – for me, I think it was more – all right, he's at 35, it's three minutes gone off the clock in the third quarter. He's going to get it, mm-hmm. uh, his his career high. And I remember saying that and Joel going, oh, my God, I can't believe you just said it out loud kind of thing. And I said, Come on, there's no way. He's eight points away and he's cooking. So then he gets 45 or whatever, and I'm thinking, well, you got to get 50. Keep going. And, again, the thing that always intrigues me about AD is he's unselfish to a fault and he's not aggressive and aggressive enough for me i want him to be more selfish more aggressive i want him to demand the ball more so i'm thinking let's go guys you got to get him the basketball but they did and then they went down the stretch where they ran the same play seven or eight times i thought oh yeah but i never really thought the number was going to end up 59 even when he had his career high uh, then it was like, come on, man, you can get 50. You can get 50. Don't get this close and not get 50. And, uh, you know, then he gets over the 50 threshold. And then I was like, come on, don't get this close and not get 60. And then, you know, of course, his rebounds was were right there. I mean, 17, 18, stuck on 18 for a while, and you're thinking, no, oh, you got to get 20. <laughs> so... You know, we've we, since our last Wesley Wednesday, David, the Pelicans have gone two and one. Not bad out of the break, but you know, after watching Anthony Davis go for fifty nine, you get your first road win in the East on Sunday at Detroit. Boy, last night stings a little bit. 
um, what we saw in Washington, and then obviously Davis going from 59 points to nine points on only nine shots. Uh, it, it kind of almost was nosebleed-inducing last night. Well, we talk a lot about the consistency of this team and how they play, and I kept thinking last night, because I probably sound a little bitter on the air, was this just a loss, or is this a bad loss? I mean, Washington's not a bad team. They're pl- they're not playing as as well as they should, and they're very inconsistent as well. And I heard a lot of people say it just depends on which Wizards team showed up. So I found myself wondering, am I just being hard because it's been so good and the game didn't go the way I thought it should go, or is this not a not a good loss? And then, of course, you feel that. I know the the guys, the team has have to feel that pressure of we can't afford to lose many games, mm-hmm. and I thought for sure that that would be the one they would struggle with, but still an opportunity to win. And then, of course, when you don't play your best game, now you're really thinking, well, you let you let another one go. So I just, you know, I don't know. It, it just kind of, you know, like you said, fifty nine and twenty to 9-20. and 20. I'm glad he went out and, and still was aggressive enough to get 20 boards, but you know, I didn't see the I didn't I didn't see the the ability to get get him the basketball and uh, I saw other guys trying to get there sometimes. You know, I, I it's just a lot of things that didn't sit right, but maybe that's just, maybe that was an okay loss. They lost to a good team on the road and and you know, you move on, but they're running out of games, so, so we've got, we got to put on a streak. Yeah, 26 to go. Um, so how much of last night's Anthony Davis line was was Wizards-induced uh, or Pelicans-induced? I think a good part of it, they had a game plan. Now it's up to the Pelicans and the players to figure it out. Figure out, okay, how do we adjust? How are we going to, to manage? Uh, you know, it's it's almost like uh, you know playing a box in one. Mm-hmm. Are you going to say because they're playing a box in one on me, I'm just going to figure out? I'm just you know I'm just going to have a bad game. No, no. Uh, you know, I, I I in college saw a box in one and I said, okay, here we go. Um, so it's 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 they they double teamed him, they triple teamed him, and I thought that was a great job. And then they dared everybody else to, to make enough shots to beat them, uh, and the rest of the Pelicans didn't. So, uh, but again, some of that's on Anthony. I saw him have some a couple opportunities. He never even looked at the basket, um, and he's unselfish. He is so unselfish that sometimes you want to shake him a little bit uh, because you want him to take those opportunities and go. Whereas he'll catch and move the basketball and run the offense, and you're saying that was your that was your shot, that was your opportunity. Um, so it's it's really a fine line, and that's what I think I liked about the 59. Not the number that he came up with, but the way he went and got 59 the night before, the way he went and got 32 or 34. It was aggressive. It was no hesitation. It was go get it. How significant, David, is uh, is the injury uh, involving Omer Ashik? Well, you saw when they brought Nene in, there weren't a whole lot of options uh, to guard him. Uh, you can say what you want to about Ashik. 
he does plug up the middle. He does defend those bigger guys like a Nene very well. He does rebound the basketball very well. So you don't get as much offense, but I think it's uh, it's significant. It's significant enough to, to one, have another starting lineup, uh, another change of rhythm. You know, sometimes I feel like I was looking out there and I saw guys in positions that had to make plays that weren't used to making plays, making passes. And I, I think they struggled with that with that difference. It wasn't the same flow on, on offense, uh, and then they end up scoring 89 points. That's just not enough. Alvin Gentry wants to have a new culture uh, in place here this spring. Um, and it's been hard, he says, to have it because of all the injuries and the 24 or 5 different starting lineups and whatnot. Um, what If you were to look at what's, what lies ahead here, you know, you've got – Oklahoma City here on uh, Thursday, uh, and then you know you're back home again on Saturday. You really only have the one road game at Houston next week. Um, what's what's realistic? What's something that you you'd like to see happen here in the upcoming contests? Well, I I thought I was seeing it. I, I thought the Philly Detroit game and and Detroit's not a bad team either. Detroit's kind of struggling, going through a little a slump, and then they turn around and beat Cleveland. Uh, Philly, you're supposed to be Philly coming out of the break. Um, I thought Washington was a gettable game. Oklahoma City is going to be tough. Um, but I liked what I saw uh, in the sense that they came out, they were moving the basketball, and they were playing through Anthony Davis. I think that is a recipe for wins. Uh, when that isn't, then you, you, you do something else and Last night, I didn't think they played through Anthony Davis. There was a lot of times where the ball needed to be delivered and the player either didn't or couldn't. Um, and you know, the rest of this league is going to copy that. They're going to get back to that. And I think that he might have had a couple of games where people might have forgot a little bit or didn't do it as well as other teams can. They're going to double you know, have a guy and one and a half, two, two, two and a half guys shadowing, you know, leaning his direction, those kind of things. So, uh, you know, I just expect him to continue to play to that level that they played against Philly and Detroit and play it consistently. I don't know if this team is able to consistently go out, and this schedule seems to be so perfect. I would have loved to, to, to have games the way these games are set up, a day in between, those are perfect. You get that day, you, you relax, or you go to practice, and then you come back and you feel you feel good. You don't lose any rhythm. Uh, you know, I was telling you about the, the the fifty that Mashburn had, the thirty five I had. Mm-hmm. Mashburn, forty six minutes. I played forty eight minutes. Then we got on a plane that night, flew to Detroit, played the next night, and both played 40 minutes and I want to say we had 27 or 28 points again. Those are the kind of things that, that this team has to be mentally tough and go do. I think we went on a seven game win streak in that, in that stretch as well. So that's the kind of streak they, this team needs a win streak where they go and they play. And it doesn't matter if they played overtime and fly the next day to Detroit. They have to win Detroit, too. 
and they don't have to sit guys and, and worry about, oh, I'm tired and I'm, I'm beat up. We didn't think about that kind of stuff. We just went out, we played, and you know, it's another game on the schedule. Let's go get it. Good point. I like your thought on that. Um, and, and because it was so good, I want to do something next Wednesday on Wesley Wednesday that you've been asking to do. You ready? Yes. Oh, yeah. Okay. So next Wednesday, we're going to be in Houston. So it'll be another hotel lobby, Wesley Wednesday. Um, but what we're going to do is uh, we'll solicit opinions starting now and, you know, until next Wednesday. David, uh, for those of you uh, wondering what David's asking for, David is wanting to have a little uh, conversation, debate, tete a tete, as they say, uh, about this year's Golden State Warriors team, which is now 50 and 5, in comparison to the 72 win uh, Bulls team from the mid 90s. So, David, I know this has been kicked around uh, in various uh, uh, forms, you know, in the media and whatnot, but we haven't done it Wesley Wednesday style. So, um, shall we have a uh, conversation next Wednesday about. Who would win uh, in a matchup between the two teams? Um, who's just the better team overall? And and should we solicit opinions on Twitter, say, and and share those, or should we use those in a in a mock debate next week? I, I think I think we should. I think we should uh, see what the the fans think. Okay. Uh, I think it's a I think it's a, just a fun conversation. We we started this conversation before we flew out to Detroit. And just the four or five of us that were standing there throwing in little bits and, and laughing and, and coming back with, well, what, did you, what do you think about this? I think it's just a fun topic that there's no right or wrong. It's your opinion, and uh, I'd love to hear people's opinion and what they think. All right, so let's do that next Wednesday. Uh, David, your Twitter handle is again? Senior David Wesley 4. SR David Wesley 4. Yes. Yes, and I'm at Sean Kelly Live. So, send your opinions uh, or your thoughts on what the matchup should be. Like, for example, we were trying to determine um, whose rules would we play: '90s rules or present-day rules? Um, is it a series? Is it a one-game deal? We'll take all of those thoughts and opinions, and uh, we'll share them next week. And and David, you and I will share our opinions as well. Maybe have a uh, you know a little uh, sparked uh, debate over it. I think a little bit. That sounds great. All right. I, I think that would be fun. All right. From Houston next week, we'll talk to David Wesley then. Otherwise, you'll see David uh, again this weekend. The, tomorrow night's ball game at home against Oklahoma City is uh, nationally televised by TNT. So David Wesley and his crew from Fox Sports New Orleans will be back at the microphone and on your television on Saturday evening when the Pelicans take on the Minnesota Timberwolves. David, thank you very much. Enjoy the rest of your Wesley Wednesday. And I hope that your Twitter inbox is full by next week. Yeah, I can't wait. This is going to be fun. Perfect. We'll take a break. We'll be right back. You owe it to yourself and your home to call Terminex. I'm Vincent Palumbo. Whether you need a lifetime termite damage guarantee or hassle-free pest control service, we do it all. And I'm Ed Martin, Terminix entomologist. We have developed a convenient pest control system where we're scheduled in your home only twice a year. We attack bugs outside where they live. Call 834-7330 for guaranteed control of any pests or termites. Terminix does it all. Ever been surprised by a bill? A big bill that's higher than expected? Entergy's online tools let you take control. 
tri-level billing, so there are no surprises. Pick a due date that works for you. And sign up for alerts to remind you when your bill is due. Make your bills fit your budget. Don't wait another month. Take action today at EntergyIdeas.com. That's the power of people. Entergy. Want to listen to the Black and Blue Report on your phone? Download the Saints and Pelicans app today. We're ready for tomorrow's Black and Blue Report already. Well, not really, but we'll uh, we'll have a good one for you tomorrow. Greg Anthony from NBA TV tomorrow. Uh, we'll be talking about Pelicans and Thunder and other league topics as well. We'll also get you uh, another report from Indianapolis as the NFL scouting combine continues. We'll talk Saints-centric uh, on that, of course. And uh, then they'll get ready for a busy night tomorrow night. As I mentioned, the Alvin Gentry Show, then Pelicans warm up, Pelicans versus Thunder, Pelicans OT. And then we'll be back on a Friday with a very special guest, uh, new Hall of Famer, Basketball Hall of Famer, David Aldridge on the uh, media side. We caught up with him in Washington, D.C. last night, and we'll be sharing that visit with you on Friday. Toast for the Coast, by the way, is a Friday night at the Audubon Aquarium of the Americas. That's the annual uh, fundraiser that the Pelicans players and coaches put on with you, uh, the fans. It's your chance to interact with them in a very unique way. The event is uh, slated to start at 7.30 at the Audubon Aquarium of the Americas. I just walked down the hall not too long ago and got a good look at a, several of the live and silent auction items uh, that will be available to you on Friday night. Uh, it's good stuff. It really is. And uh, proceeds to benefit the Audubon Nature Institute's uh, education on coastal preservation. Um, so you might want to hustle up for that. Um, I don't, I, uh, you know, I, I don't want to speak out of turn here. I'm not. This is not a black tie event, so don't feel like you have to go out and get a tux. Uh, if you had attended one of the older, I guess the old Hornets fundraisers, um, this is a little bit different. It's a very unique setting. There's music and food and drink and the whole nine yards. Uh, it's 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 a great night out. I will say that. So. 504-525-HOOP, the number to call today. You can still get tickets for that event. And then pelicans.com certainly has a lot of information uh, should you have any questions. So with that being said, we'll say thanks to John DeShazer today and David Weston, too, for joining us. We'll see you right back here tomorrow on the podcast for Saints and Pelicans fans, the Black and Blue Report. Thanks for listening to this edition of the Black and Blue Report. If all goes well, we'll be back tomorrow. Tune in each weekday at 12 p.m. or at your convenience exclusively online at NewOrleansSaints.com and Pelicans.com. Follow your teams direct from the source, the Black and Blue Report.